Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of The Start. I'm your host, Patrick Johnson. Woo! It's glad to have you all back. Um, it's been really fun. This is, I think we're like halfway through um, recording. I know that you guys are going to hear this a bit out of, maybe out of order, but definitely after it's been recorded. But I'm about halfway through and it's really, really fun. Um, this week's episode, we're with designer extraordinaire Liang Shi. Um, Liang and I know each other from working on summerwater.com. Liang is their creative director, or was. She's in a bit of a transition period, which you'll you'll hear about. Um, I've known Liang for a couple of years now, and it's always been a really good time hanging out with her. She's just like a little ball of energy, and she's really, really fun to be around. Um, this episode gave me a bit of insight on Liang and, and why that is like why she's has so much personality, why it's so fun to be around and why she's just such a positive person. And what's interesting is like towards the end, I asked her a few questions and she said, just like, make sure that you have fun in life and that you're happy and, it, and, you know, take those two things, right. Fun in life and, and being happy in life, pairing that with everything that she's done. She was, uh, she worked at a print shop doing design at 17. She went to college for fine arts, left that, left fine arts, went to a, a photography major. She was a wedding photographer for like six years. Then she did social media management um, and account management. She has a, a bit of an education in photography and advertising. And then she was a designer for a few places. One place she randomly found on Craigslist, which is pretty freaking cool and surprising that it wasn't like bad. Um, and then she went on and she you know, touches every aspect of summer water, uh, everything from the packaging that you see to the way that the carafe, carafe, the pitcher, um, collateral is designed and like all these aspects of it, she has a hand in, um, and Liang is just, she's a really cool person. It's really easy to see from everything that she's done that at at the, at the very least, she tries to enjoy her life and enjoy what she does. Um, but generally speaking, it's just, it's a, it's a really good episode. It, it definitely makes me feel better, uh, about our lives, about the careers that we've chosen and that there's about the world, right? Cause there's these people like Liang who are just super positive about things. Um, she's a really, really, really cool person. And I hope that if you ever get to meet her, um, yeah, I guess I just hope that you get to meet her one day. I got nothing more than that because she's really cool. And on, honestly, her energy is um, infectious. It's just, oh, she's such a good person. Uh, but yeah, so that's our episode with Liang. Uh, I will leave you with that. A few pieces of admin. Um, rate, review, share the podcast if you can. Um, if you've got any questions, any feedback, any anything you want to tell me, uh, you can tell me on Twitter, at the start FM. Um, and with that, here's my episode with Liang Shi. This is the start. How's it going? Thanks for being on the show. Good, good, good. Uh, for this the, is already awkward. <laughs> Let's yeah, start right? over. <laughs> no, no, no. This is it. This is the start. Um, oh, great. No pun intended with the name. So listeners, I was I was coaching Liang up before and she was getting antsy. So I was like, fuck it. Let's just start right now. And that's why she started laughing right at the beginning. Um, Liang, how are you? Your apartment looks very dark because you have no windows. I have windows, but uh, three feet from my window is another building. So, so you don't have a you have a window, but to nothing. You you see a person's butt more than you see the sunlight out that window. Yes. In mm-hmm. fact, from my bedroom, I often look into the kitchen of my neighbor, and he often washes his dishes in his underwear. Nice. <laughs> Or not nice, yes. I guess, depending on who the neighbor is. Um, yeah. at, at one of my jobs uh, where the creative team sat uh, and I sat with them, um, we had one really big window and it was looking inwards towards like a large courtyard. You know, like, you know how it is with buildings in New York where like it's not like 
you've got like a big empty hole in the middle of the building, uh-huh. right? Like it's all built around. It's not all the way through and yeah. we could see other windows, but it wasn't other offices. It was residential. So we were the only corporate office and then behind us was residential buildings. Creepers. Uh, not creepers. That's that. Uh, uh-uh. don't, don't give me that. <laughs> what happened one time? I didn't notice it. I think my boss noticed it because she faced the window. She's like, Oh my God, that woman is cleaning topless with her child. So she was cleaning the window topless with her like toddler, just like hanging out, helping her clean. And it was, like, Oh, that's cool. I guess it was, it was weird because it was like, you know, 1143 on a Tuesday and you're like hashtag goals. How do I get there? (laughs) Yeah. Right. But that's, that's the fun stories about New York city apartment and building windows. Um, Liang introduce yourself because I don't want to, I want to, but you'll do it better than I will. I don't know if that's the case, but uh, sure. My name is Liang and I am currently in the process of figuring out my life (laughs) as usual. Uh, no, but uh, currently I'm the creative director for a company called Soma. We make sustainable, beautiful water filters. And um, prior to that, I've been a UX UI designer uh, for a variety of startups as a freelancer. And uh, most recently, I started a couple of personal projects, one of them being a dinner series called Fun Fun Dinners. Which you haven't people. invited me to in a while. Well, you went to the first one. Um, and, uh, so what happens is 10 people who don't know each other come to dinner and we end up having a ton of fun. Right. Right. Actually. Yeah. (laughs) It, uh, uh, so for those listening, um, I'm going to shamelessly plug Liang as she's already shamelessly plugged herself. Um, you should sign up. I think, what is it? Funfundinners.com. I think is the name. Funfundinners.splashthat.com. Oh, sorry. Anyway, I got to work on the SEO aspect yeah. of things. The, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes, but Liang does dinner. What are they? Once a month? Yeah. So uh, about once a month or so, I do a dinner and it's actually an offshoot. I'm going to go on a tangent here because it's an offshoot from another side project that I did um, called Field Trips. Fun, fun field trips, actually, where I take I noticed adults. a theme, Liang. Yeah, I like themes um, where I take adults on field trips and make them feel like little kids again. So for the first two field trips, I took people to uh, a contemporary art museum and we literally just ran around, played games, drew things, uh, colored, got messy, created, and at the end did a big show and tell. And so I wanted to do that uh, in, as part of the dinner as well. So actually, when you show up to the dinner you have a menu and there's crayons on the table and there's activities on the back of the menu and you color, you draw, you answer questions. And then at the very end, we do a big show and tell. And then we end on a big group hug. Is that how we ended with a group hug? Yeah. You forgot. Yeah, I think I did. That was like the best moment for me, but clearly not for you. I mean, no, it was really fun. It was definitely uh, an eclectic group of people. And I feel like halfway through the dinner, you made us all switch seats. So we didn't get, yes. have to keep talking to the same people. Not that they were bad, but to like mix it up. No, yeah. it was it was a good time. So for those listening, you should sign up. It's funfundinners.splashthat.com. And then the other one is fieldtrips.co. Both will be in the show notes, but they're a really good time. I met some obscure people, someone who actually lives a couple blocks away from me. Uh, yeah which is interesting, but I never see her ever. <laughs> well, the funny, the funny thing is I actually end up becoming friends with most of the people that come to dinner. And so like everyone from the first dinner, I pretty much still keep in touch with. And we'll, like Maria, who is the one that you said lives a few blocks from me, like yeah. we hang out every other week. Do you really? Yeah, we do. And I met her through the dinner. Um, I actually just had dinner with uh, Joey from Baron Fig. Uh, with and his girlfriend like a couple of nights ago oh wow yeah i keep in touch with everybody what's crazy with maria is that her and i have the same circle of friends um like these people that work out of this place called the townhouse Mm -hmm. um so it was weird she was like oh yeah i go you know sometimes about this place called the townhouse i'm like yeah i know a lot of people it was it was awkward anyways back to you liang uh all right so you don't know how to describe yourself but you do a bunch of shit correct yeah and i'm still kind of like I'm in this phase right now where I'm trying to figure out, you know, like I don't want to define myself solely as a designer. Mm-hmm. Um, and the title that I currently have, creative director, is kind of like 
all sorts of things you throw into a bag that kind of seem creative and you call me the creative director. Um, but I've kind of leaned towards just trying to not define myself as much as possible in terms of just being a designer or whatever it is that I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm leaning more towards the word just creator. I create a lot of shit. <laughs> That's fair. Where do you think that stems from? And I ask that because, so you and I, uh, oh, fun fact, Puvin is on the podcast this season as well. Uh, oh, so, cool. so it's Team Soma. Um, but so you and I met on Twitter, I think, um, yes. through, what's his face? Uh, fuck. I forget his Zethus? name. There you go. Zethus. Uh, I, I say through him. I think you and I were probably tweeting at him at the same time about the same shit. Um, I yeah, think that's, that's funny how, how the internet works. Right. Um, and then you and I worked on Soma together. Um, and in the beginning, you were not. So I'll say it's from my perspective. In the beginning, you were not creating as much things. And then mm-hmm. I will say 2014, 2015, that's when you started doing, like, at least in from what I could see, right? Outwardly, what you were publicly talking about was a lot more self-directed um, initiatives. Is, totally. Is, is, so is that a new thing or have you always made random small shit? Small, uh, small is, 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 is a comparable term. Well, that's interesting because, like, Growing up, how I actually got into design was around middle school. My I, my mom bought me a computer, and like somehow I discovered like what Angel Fire or like whatever those websites Geo were. Cities, we Angel all, Fire, all that kind of shit. Yeah, when we all first started back in the heyday, and I remember I created a Yu Gi Oh fan site, and that was kind of like my first foray into web design. Of course, everyone I makes all these- fan sites: video game fan sites, Pokemon fan sites, Tamagotchi fan sites, Neopet fan sites, and then Yu Gi Oh. Yes, yes. Well, okay. Actually, here's the real truth. I was like 11, and the very first website I actually ever did make. Actually, I was probably younger than 11. I was like nine, and the very first website I made was on the site called Chick Pages. And it was like an in. <laughs> Sorry, that's funny. I didn't expect you to say chick pages. Let me continue because it, it goes on. Uh, it was a fan site that I created for Britney Spears and In Sync, but it wasn't exactly like your classic fan site. It was a parody fan site in which you make fun of the people that you actually really like. Because I was a very ironic nine-year-old. Does that does that still exist on the internet? Do you remember the domain for that? So I went on the Wayback pages and I tried to look for it. I can only find the directory that has the name of the website, but the website is nowhere to be found. Uh, come on, Liang. Why didn't you like download it or something? I regret it to this very day. <laughs> you know, I typed chickpages.com and it took me to IGN, which is the gamer network thing. So I wonder if they purchased it or something. Yeah, I wonder if like someone just has it on like some sort of really like old disk drive server. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you made fan sites. Was this, um, did anybody introduce you to the idea of designing or coding for that matter then? Or was, did you get into those things by way of wanting to make these fan sites? I think I just saw other fan sites and for some reason or another, I wanted to join in. And okay. then there were some other people in my like middle school. There was one girl in particular who was like really good at making really pretty blogs. And I was like, how does she do that? And that's actually how I started getting into like actual web design. I used to like code up my own, like, what did I even use? It wasn't WordPress. I wasn't that sophisticated back in the day. It was like some other blogging platform. Wait, but I remember. How old are you? Yeah. I mean, I'm in middle school. I'm like 12. Okay. 13? Do you remember what you, I asked what year that is only because like Twitter has been around th- since 2006, but I didn't get into Twitter until like 2010. Right. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm curious uh, what year that was to sort of give a better perspective of like the technology available. Yeah. I was born in 1988. So Holla, I was 88. 12. So you're 27. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm terrible at math. Let's yeah. See. So that would be the 2000s, the early 2000s. It would be 2000 on the dot. Yeah. Okay, so there was some stuff out there for the bloggy uh, self-publishing shit. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. I think there, it started with like gray or something. I want to say gray matter, but I might be making it up. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I remember having to like go into a CGI bin and dropping files in there. And like these days, I don't even know what to do with that. So. Well, 
for what it's worth, I think a CGI bin is just an automated directory that some servers spit out when you initialize it. Um, So the the CGI bins (laughs) still do exist. uh, Yeah. Um, So did you keep on going? Like, so, and then let me, let me re-summarize, let me rephrase that question. You made these fan sites. It sounds like you made them because you were introduced to them through friends, just like the environment you existed in. Um, But did it stop there or did you? No. So, (laughs) um, so I would constantly create new sites because like I just get bored and then I'm really bad at upkeeping, but I really love the process of creating because you're learning so much along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it started with like the InSync Britney Spears fan site and uh, kind of evolved into, I started creating these blogs and getting more involved into that. And I would keep redesigning my blog like mm-hmm. every couple of months. And they wouldn't be like small redesigns. They'd be like complete reskin. <laughs> Um, like every couple of months. And then I uh, joined a uh, Yu-Gi-Oh forum and uh, then got pulled into a separate Yu-Gi-Oh forum and became one of the co-admins. That's a whole separate story. has nothing to do with anything. Um, and then continue to create sites. And then eventually I think I, I got my very first client when I was in high school. It's like my cousin's friend who needed like a business website. How did you even get to that point though of like, yeah, I'll take on clients. And I said it cause when I was 16, I was playing football and like being a dumb 16 year old kid. So yeah. what was going through your head? If you recall. Yeah. I think I was like 14, maybe 15 at the time, maybe 16. I don't know. It was, it was very early on. And I think um, I just become so familiar with creating sites. In fact, okay. So when I was in middle school, our school website was this like, awful atrocious website that like at the time like front page made beautiful websites compared to what we had at the time and um i was in computer class and our computer teacher was the one that like did the site and i asked him if i could redesign it and he actually let me do it and so this was all done in like front page um i redesigned our our middle school website somebody gave me permission i don't know why um (laughs) and in in the the dark corners of my memory, I just know that it, I just remember it's like all black with red type and like, like a, it's like split into like iframes. Like the left side is this like the navigation, but it doesn't scroll, but the right side scrolls. Um, yeah. And then there's like an animated gif of a Mustang. Cause that was our, uh, our like mascot it was this like red Mustang. So there was like this running red Mustang in the top left corner. I mean, it doesn't sound impressive, but it was a huge upgrade compared to what we were working with before. Let me just tell you. And they got free work out of you. Yeah. And I was like 12. Yeah. So anyways, I probably just got really confident. I was like, I designed our middle school website. I can design your site for whatever it is you're doing. (laughs) And what was, what was that first client site? Cause you said it was like your cousin's friend's business. Yeah. You know, I actually don't remember. It was some sort of like either logistics or tech, something with technology. Cause I remember going to stock website and looking for pictures of like wires and I don't know, like <laughs> hardware. <laughs> At least you knew that stock photography existed as a thing, right? I, yeah. I don't know. I would have been like, let me jump into Microsoft word and see what a uh, clip art they have. Yeah. I mean, and the, I remember animating things like making gifts. Um, so like when you hovered over something, it would like change so did you build the site too or did you just design it? Oh yeah, I built it. I like wrote all the HTML and CSS, which is funny now because I hire Patrick for so much to do all the HTML and <laughs> CSS. So That's true. Yeah. You could probably do my job. No, I can probably do what I was doing when I was 12, but that's about it. <laughs> Fair point. Um, so then at that point where you sort of set on the idea of, of, you know, whatever semblance of design was for you at the time, is that something, was there a point where you're like, I want to do this? Yes, I can tell you the exact moment. Tell me, please. Okay, so um, this all started, uh, so I was really into these like internet forums. And back in the day, like whether you're on like a, a, a Yu-Gi-Oh forum or any other forum, there's always like a graphics section. Okay. And they, like you can do graphic battles. Like here's a prompt. It has to be like 500 by 500 pixels. And like there's a theme and like go and then people vote who they like better. That's and so really I got cool. 
Yeah. And I, I like got really into that. I would compete on these forums and like I would win a lot of the time. So I was like, I'm really into this. Like I want to do more of this. Um, and, uh, when I was in high school, um, I won, a, a major art competition. Um, and the grand prize was $5,000 and oh, it was wow. just like, yeah, it was this, this thing I made where it was like, at the time I was also getting into photography. So I like took these selfies of me as like a robot and I like photoshopped it and I gave myself like a USB thumb and I had like a screen on my hand and like these buttons on my arms and like these wires, right? Like, like conceptual stuff. All right. At the time yeah, it was like, yeah. Futuristic, yeah, yeah, that was the thing. But anyways, I won this prize. There was like this whole award ceremony. Um, it was like a huge deal. And the grand prize was like $5,000 at the time. My mom, that's like, my mom's like your typical Asian mom where she's just like, be a doctor, be a lawyer. And once um, I won that prize, she was like, oh, maybe there's money in art and design. <laughs> like, yes, okay, pursue it. Um, and that was kind of the turning point where I realized like, maybe I'm actually better at this than I potentially think I am, um, which at the time was really just for fun. Yeah. And then... Um, at the time, I was also kind of, I was 16, I was looking for my very first job. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of my friends were working kind of like at restaurants. Um, and I tried to apply and like no one hired me. Uh, I tried to apply at GameStop. They wouldn't hire me. Pretty much no one would hire me. Yeah. And there was one day, um, I was part of this like import car community in Houston called like Houston Imports. And at 16? At 16, okay. yeah. Okay. I, I'm just all over the internet. That's, don't Google me. Um, <laughs> and you, I, uh, there's a job forum on there, and somebody was hiring for like a junior graphic designer for like a local print shop. They like sure. it's like a printing company that needed to hire a designer at, for like seven dollars an hour, which like is above minimum wage at the time. I think minimum yeah. wage in Texas at the time was like five fifty, five twenty five. And so I was like, oh, this sounds great. Like, let me apply. So I applied and they were like, they actually hired me. Oh, wow. And you were 16? I was 16. And so I did that for a year. I would go there after school every day and like work for a couple of hours. Um, and then, yeah, actually I did that for a little over a year uh, before I went to college. What kind of stuff did you do there at this print shop? That was so awesome and really exciting as I'm young. Um, I don't, I wouldn't call it so awesome and really exciting. Like initially it was a lot of stuff that, okay, I'll be honest with you. Okay. It was a lot of stuff that was like for cell phone stores or like a shipping store. And then at some point, um, this company was failing. So they merged with like a neighbor who had like a much more legit business going on. Like this company only had clearly a high schooler designing stuff for them. And then they merged me into another company, um, that had like two full-time real designers and then me helping out. And so when I joined that company, I got to touch a lot more things. It was like, uh, you know, some smaller, like it's a lot of local businesses, Mm -hmm. but also we were down the street from a strip club and they would need, they would need flyers printed. And usually they like, didn't ask me to do that kind of stuff. Cause it's kind of inappropriate for like a 17 year old girl. Uh, It's probably illegal also to have you do that. Yeah. Well, shh. Um, but here's the thing. It's a warning to all listeners out there. If you ever see a flyer for a strip club, that's not the girls that are actually in there. They're all stock images. Just letting you know. <laughs> you know, I never would have thought about that to be quite honest. I don't, the only well, time I've yeah. ever seen like the strip cup, the strip club cards, um, was in Vegas. You know how they like, they, they like, um, yeah flick them or whatever like they they make like yeah. the flicking soy sound to sort of i guess entice people that's the only time i've ever seen strip club cards yeah i won't get into that i'm not in the vegas industry but in the houston industry it's all stock images just letting you know <laughs> um and but there was one time we were like on deadline and they needed three flyers and there's three of us they were like look you don't have to do this if you don't want to but if, if you don't mind like we just like we're each gonna take one I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. So, yeah, I, I did some of that. Not in my portfolio, obviously. but Of course. Um, yeah, those are the kinds of things I was designing. That's hilarious. I mean, it's uh, 
not a, a, a normal experience for a designer, I guess. Although, for what it's worth, there are designers who at some point have to design like grocery market flyers too, right? So while I can't compare, you know, grocery market flyers to strip club flyers, it's still probably like um, not grunt work. It's like work you cut your teeth on, work you probably would never expect you're going to do. Uh, but you probably gained a little bit of experience from it. Maybe, maybe you learned something. Well, actually, what I learned from it um, still serves me to this day. Um, one, how to look for stock images, sure. and two, all about prepping files for prepress. Um, oh, and it's actually point. really okay. interesting. Yeah, a lot of designers that I meet these days um, mostly are doing like UI, UX, or digital design. Yep. And um, it's a whole different kind of knowledge set to learn how to prep things for prepress. Um, and, and so I got that, to learn mean, all of that. You mean print, like uh, prepping it to be printed, correct? Exactly. Okay. So like setting up your bleeds, um, where the, the safety cut line is, um, setting up the files in CMYK, color matching, color correcting, all those types of things. That's crazy. I never would have thought you'd gather all that from stripper flyers. Yeah, man. You can't cut off in the wrong area. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, so then you went to college. Where'd you go for college? Yeah. All right. So um, I went to college at the University of Texas in Austin. and That's um, the Longhorns? The Longhorns. Okay. Hook them. Awkward. Awkward silence. Yeah. Okay. Anyhow, um, but so did you go while for design? I, in, I actually, I got in there for fine art and quickly transferred out. Okay. Why is that? Um. So Texas is funny. Texas has this strange law where it's like the top 10% law where um, if you're in the top 10% of your graduating high school, then um, you can go to any public school, public college in Texas automatically. Like you don't, you're just going to get accepted. Oh, wow. That's actually pretty cool. It is pretty cool. um, But for me, it was interesting because I went to a high school that was very small and very competitive. It was mm-hmm. actually a self-paced high school where um, they give you like a packet of work for the week and the teachers don't teach. They kind of just like hang out and you ask them questions sure. and they'll maybe do a seminar once a week to go over the stuff. But for the most part, like you're just in a class for, you know, an hour and a half a day and um, it's in these giant centers. So there's like a math center, there's a science center. Uh, history center and, and you're sitting in your little groups but the whole concept is like you can go and if you're taking biology you can go to an upperclassman who's taking chemistry and like get them to help you with your biology that's pretty cool um, it's it is really cool in theory um <laughs> so it created like these two clusters of that are on like the opposite ends of the spectrum one cluster of people are like the super overachievers who get all their work done early could probably graduate like a year early if they wanted to probably because yeah. um, you're self-paced. So you can do everything much faster. And then the other end of the spectrum is people who just like procrastinated everything because like there's no one really forcing you to do anything when you're in class. Yeah. No one's policing it. Exactly. Um, so don't ask me where I fell on that spectrum. Let's just say I didn't make it into the top 10%. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but I, I was in the top 15%, but it was just so competitive. Our graduating class was like 100 and I want to say like 130 people. Okay. So it's literally just 13 people in like the top 10%. Yeah. So You should have messed up someone's homework and you would have <sighs> slid right in. Yeah. Well, you know, life regrets. <laughs> So, Anyways. Yeah. So you left fine art. Why did you leave the fine arts major? Or did um, you leave UT Austin altogether? No, I was in UT Austin. I got in because of fine arts, just to close that story, because the fine arts school um, has a cap. of they only I think they only took 50% of students in the top 10%. Mm-hmm. And then the other 50% was like kind of everybody. And since mm-hmm. I'd won all these art prize, art contests um, in high school, I had a pretty good chance of getting in. So I did get in. Okay. And so the plan was that I would always like, at the time I was in high school trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, which by the way, I think it is like the stupidest thing in the world to ask a 17 year old what they want to do for the rest of their life. Because I agree. You, you have like zero experience to even hinge that opinion on. Um, so I actually spent my college years learning what I don't want to do. 
So I think that's the case for everybody. Like the 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 uh, the way someone phrased it to me is, you're asking an 18 year old or 17 year old to uh, pick what their future is going to be. Yet a year prior, you made them ask you to go to the bathroom. <laughs> like 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 the perspective there is a bit fucked up. Yeah. Um, and I think I can say from my own uh, from my own experience, I have a degree in public relations. Uh, I ended up working in marketing because after I graduated, I realized I did not like public relations as much as I thought I did. Um, and then I switched into programming. Had I known I'd like programming, I probably just would have did a computer science degree. Might have been a little bit more helpful. But with that being said, I, I think a bit of college, the way I phrase, so I, I've, got a, I've got a cousin who is a freshman in college. And um, my cousin, is she, she was nervous about going to school. And I was like, look, it's four years where you are not responsible for 90% of the shit you do. Just have fun. Figure out what you like. Figure out what you don't like. And then you'll fix, you know, your life will be fine. You'll, you'll make it work. And I think that's, in my opinion, that's probably the best perspective. If, if I had to tell someone, that's the perspective I would give them. Yeah. I agree. All right, all right. Off of my tangent. So you, UT Austin, you got in fine arts, but then you left fine arts. Yeah. So also at this time, um, towards the end of high school, actually, when I was still working at this graphic design place, uh, my boss there knew I was getting into photography and he actually introduced me to his high school friend. This was like 10 years later for them, um, who was a really talented uh, wedding photographer in Houston. So actually throughout all of college, I ended up like coming to Houston almost every weekend. Oh, wow. Assistant shooting and shooting weddings. So how, I did that for like- How far is that? How what? How far is Austin from Houston? Two and a half hours each way. Okay. So, so it's a chunk of time. Yeah. It's a chunk of time. Wow. So you were helping out this person. Yeah. So I was shooting weddings um, like the first year or so I was assisting. And after that, I started shooting them on my own. Um, so yeah, as like an 18, 19 year old, I was like shooting your most important day in your life. Hope I don't screw it up. <laughs> so were you shooting on your own for the, like, were you an employee for this person or at that point did you start your own? Yeah, I was working, uh, for a studio. They booked all the clients. Gotcha. Um, okay. They gave me an assistant. So I had an assistant, which was pretty cool. Um, was your assistant older or younger than you? Typically older. I was, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it's not like. I mean, it's kind of, like it's not really funny because like assisting is a different job from like actually doing the wedding. Um, like if you're the main photographer, you have to have so much like personality skills in terms of like managing the couple, making sure like the bride's not freaking out. Like you do all that, and like no one knows this, but the photographer runs the wedding. It's like if you, I'm not ready for you to cut the cake, you're not cutting the cake. Okay, I could see that. Yeah. That's nuts. And you were doing all this at 18 and you, I mean, at the time where you're like, oh my gosh, this is some serious, because it is serious stuff, right? Yeah. You got people who are spending a good chunk of money to record in some way. Um, the most important, like you said, the most important day of their life and no disrespect to you or you at the time, but you're an 18 year old kid who's managing that. Yeah. Um, I was very self-conscious and I still kind of self-conscious about it these days, like how young I might look. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you um, do look like a child. Oh, thank you. And uh, that's a good, if you think about it, when you're like 50, you're going to look like you're like 20. It's going to be great. I'm finally getting to that age where I'm like, it's good to look younger. But before <laughs> it was like, oh my God, they're going to think like, you just have to prove yourself that much more, which made me work a lot harder. Uh, I, so I, honestly, I didn't think about the implications of appearance and that. So that's a, that's actually a pretty good point. Right. All right, yeah, you, no, you no one talking, wants yeah. to know you're only like 19 or 20 shooting their wedding. Like, so did they, what'd you do? Did you tell them? Like, how did no, you get well, around? If if they asked, I'd be like, I'm in my 20s. I'm a girl. I'm not telling you my age. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's nuts. So, how long were you doing photography or wedding photography? So, I actually did that for a total of six years. I was doing it um, during college, and then also for about a year after college. Okay, and. Um, and that, that last year, I was kind of doing it on my own, but just realized I wasn't really into it. Okay. And um, so in, in college, I had, I, I think I counted uh, a total of like, well, actually, including high school and college, I had a total of 12 part-time jobs and internships. Throughout. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was very active. Like my first semester in college, I think I was juggling like four different things. Like I was going to Houston on the weekends, um, shooting weddings. 
I had, I was like a, a staff photographer for the Daily Texan, which is like the university paper. Okay. Um, I worked part time for a nonprofit uh, as like a work study job, uh, doing graphic design for them. And then maybe it was just three. I kind of remember there being a fourth one, but I don't remember anymore. It was a busy semester. Well, Let's yeah, just say that. to say you didn't have a lot of spare time. Yeah. So wait, what we still in, we still discuss this? What did you left fine arts major to? What 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 major did you go into, or were you like undecided? Um, so I transferred into photojournalism. Okay, um, fitting. Yep, I went to photojournalism, and then I also double majored with advertising because at the time when I made this decision, I thought, oh, if I'm doing photojournalism and advertising, I can kind of merge the two you know, photography and advertising and become a commercial photographer. Yeah, I could see that. Well, little did I know, life and majors don't actually work out that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, you know, when I was going to school, I thought there was this whole, like, uh, I feel like there was an episode of The Simpsons where in their gym, they've got, like, all these booths for all the clubs, and you, like, sign up for the clubs on, like, the clipboards. That's what I, like, envision. And that's sort <laughs> of what I envisioned for life. Like, oh, I want to be a doctor. Okay, I'm going to, you know what I mean? Like, it was just, like, Okay, I want to do this. Okay, you can do this now. Uh, but that's obviously not what happens at all. Yeah. So. So what did you do then? So you were – did like with – rather, what did you do with the advertising? Yeah, so while I was, while I was um, studying advertising, I had, I had internships at like maybe four different ad agencies ranging from very small boutique shops yeah. Um, to like uh, one that had over 200 people. And were you doing and photography or design stuff? Design. Okay. And what I learned was I just didn't want to work in advertising. After seeing how it's structured and the way it works um, in a variety of different sizes, it just didn't appeal to me because what I realized I don't like about advertising is that it's very structured and you have to climb this very linear ladder where it's like you start off as a junior designer and then you become like a, a designer and then a senior designer, and then like junior art director, senior art director, yeah. junior creative director, creative director, executive creator. It just seemed like such a linear path. Yeah. And I'm, I'm well, all big, about big like agencies are known for that too. That yeah. they, they sort of create a path. And if you outline goals and I only know this from my own experience, right? I worked at a big one big ad agency and I did not like it because it was like, all right, Prior to your year review, what goals do you want to achieve? If you achieve those goals, you basically get a promotion. Huh. Um, Strange. Yeah. That's one agency that I worked at. I can't say that all of them, but they are very linear. There's, It's less it, – it, it always felt to me like it was less about uh, the quality of work and more about the time in which you were at the company. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that didn't appeal to me. Um, and – yeah, again, I was at this crossroads because, like, I just finished college and I realized I didn't want to do advertising and I had an advertising degree. And I didn't want to go into photojournalism because I realized, like, photojournalists make about $30,000, $35,000 a year and that's it. Like, no matter how far down you get into your career. Yeah. And so I was like, ah, not that into it. Wasn't really into weddings. Um, and just was like, well, what am I going to do with my life? And so I actually remember, like, I applied for two jobs. And at the time, I was, like, getting really into startups. I was, like, reading Mashable, like, every oh, God, day. everybody. <laughs> but, hey, like, back in the day, that was, like, the jam. Yeah, it and was, like, actually, Mashable. And then if you were super, like, into the nerdy part of startups, you'd read TechCrunch because they would tell you. Uh, that at, the to- at the time, they would tell you the nerdy shit. Now they're yeah. basically Mashable. So, yeah, I actually ended up getting my college to pay for a Southwest – uh, South by Southwest badge for me to go. What year did um, you go? Uh, it was like 2011. That was my first year. Oh, man. I went in 2010. That was my first year. We almost were there at the same time. Yeah. And they paid for it because I, I made a case that like – I forgot actually what case I made. <laughs> but somehow I made a case and they were like, you know what? That's valid. Because um, I was going to do reporting for it for this internship. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. I was doing – and so they were like, cool, yeah, go. And I went to like all the, the journalism and media kind of talks. Um, so they kind of gave me like a mini scholarship to go. And I was just really into because I got to meet all these cool tech people. Uh, and I, I realized like, hey, maybe I want to work in tech. Like no idea what I would do in tech. But uh, upon graduating, I applied for two jobs. And I got really lucky because one of the jobs was for like, like almost like an ad agency, but they specialize – 
like I would essentially my job would be like to to um what's the word I'm thinking of like uh essentially to make sure sites were optimized for SEO like that would have been my job okay um and then the other place I applied for um was a company that moved from San Francisco to Austin um and they managed social media for mm-hmm. small businesses and okay. I applied as like an account manager so I ended up getting that position. What made you think doing that is like, what was the thought process? Like, I don't like advertising design. I think that's sort of what you were talking about earlier. I don't like yep. photojournalism. I don't want to do wedding. I want to do account management for a social media company. Well, I wanted to do, I felt like social media might be fun to work in. So I ended up applying and it's, it's interesting the way it was set up. My job was literally to uh so like our group um the accounts that we had were mostly restaurants and so my entire job was pretty much apologizing to people on yelp whenever <laughs> something went wrong which was like 99 percent of the reviews like yeah. i got really good at apologizing to people that's not a bad skill to have yes it's not i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> Um, so when I was there, I was, I was doing that for about two months and, um, I would always volunteer to do design projects for the company cause they didn't have a designer. Okay. And so within two months they were like, Hey, you know, you're really good at this. Um, we want to move you to like the design and marketing team. And, um, they actually ended up, uh, promoting me to be the design and, or sorry, the product and marketing lead. So for a while I oh, was wow. like, it's a, it's a lofty title, but yeah. only because, like, I was the only person in either of those departments, to be honest. So it's kind of uh, like, well, what are you okay. going to call me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and one thing I learned on early in my career is, like, if, if they weren't able or willing to give me, like, a pay increase for the increase in duty, so I asked for, like, a nicer title. Um, That's fair. And, and that, for me, has been, like, a little trick that I've learned that it always helps you when you uh, try to apply for your next job. It's sure. like, well, this was my title, so what do you think I get paid? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, it's sort of like a sense of illusion. Yes, it's kind of like the whole fake it till you make it thing, but you have the trick is you always have to have the skills to back it up. Like you can't just it's not like a straight up lie. Like Yeah, I I feel like there's been times where I've especially in the marketing advertising world from if you can't tell, I hate that world. Um it has its place, it's just not with me in it. But uh um, right. I feel like there there's a lot of times where you see like 22-year-olds with like director titles. Um, yeah. And the difference there, though, is that's well, not difference, but sometimes they were unable to uh, match their skills to that title. So, like, right. you know, they try to go somewhere else, and then you're like, well, you do junior level shit, dude. Yeah. And it's like, oh, fine. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, for the last five years, I was, I was feeling really insecure a lot of the times with like, am, like, am I good enough? Can I prove how good I am? And so, actually, it pushed me to work a lot harder because um, I wanted to to have a certain title and like actually be able to fulfill on those things and it wasn't until i would honestly say about the last year year and a half that i've become comfortable with who i am as a designer what i'm doing in my job and and feeling like i'm really thriving in it without feeling like i'm not like there's something missing or i'm not good enough or you know someone out there on dribble is judging me and like now i don't even post things on there so i'm like who cares about you guys i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) you're ridiculous uh, well, there's a lot of like ego in design, I feel. And it's such a, it's like, honestly, design and art is so subjective. You know, everyone has an opinion, whether you're a designer or not. Um, and it's very easy when, especially when you're starting out in something to like take in all of those opinions and like really let it get to you. Like, oh my God, this was off like three pixels. Um, and then you get to a certain point where you're just like, it just, it like, it's going to be like what I create and that's it. Yeah, you know, it's I, I I'm speaking from a, a different vantage, right? I'm a front end developer, so I'm not in the design world every day, but I do work with designers pretty frequently, and I think um, sometimes the importance of design, which has become more in the forefront of most industries now, gets um, puffed up much larger than it is. So I think if, if someone is not conscientious about it or doesn't like actually inherently uh, I guess what I'm getting at is I feel like the fact that design has become very important now could become a very 
easy way for young, I say young because of experience, right? Uh, inexperienced designers to feel like they're more valuable or more important than they may actually be within their organization. So I, I, and that is also, it's a very broad stroke. It's interesting because I think at the end of the day, what needs to happen is you need to realize that, um, and I say you, that I think this goes for anybody. Uh, an auto mechanic could say that auto mechanics are the most important job in the world. I think every industry thinks their industry is the most important one in the world. But having perspective on why it's valuable and how it might be equally valuable or, or maybe not as valuable as another industry is, is a fair skill to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all I got. You got some good stuff. Something. Uh, my, my rants are not as strong today for some reason. Well, uh, I don't know. Maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, all right. So let's get back to you. So you were you had some lofty ass title. You walked around with with big black rimmed glasses. You were you were all black. I'm painting this picture as if you were like. Uh, did you ever see The Incredibles? No. Yes. Yeah. I know what they wear. <laughs> Yeah, you were like the the one woman who like they go get their uh, suits made from. No, I totally was not that cool looking. Oh damn it! Come on, Liang. Yeah, more like yeah, no hoodies, jeans, and t-shirts. It was a startup, so that's that makes sense. Yeah, um, and that was that was still in in Austin. Uh, yes, that was in Austin. So when did you come to New York then? That's when things started to get crazy. Oh, uh, shit. <laughs> no. So after a year at that company, um, I realized I – so I was, you know, quote-unquote lead designer. Um, I was the only designer. I was designing all of the um, UI and UX for our platform. And um, at the time, I wanted to become a product manager. And I was kind of doing that already because towards the very end of when I was there, that I transitioned to that role because we hired some a, a more senior person to do UX, UI. And I transitioned more into this product management role. So I was like, cool, I want to do this, like, only this. And I want to do it in New York. Um, I've always wanted to move to New York. It's been a big dream of mine. And I was like, if I either am going to do it now or it's never going to happen. Yeah. Um, so I like applied for all these jobs in New York. I probably sent like 40 resumes, got like one call back, did one phone screen. They were like, no, you're too junior. Um, so I was like, what the heck? Uh, but I, I was kind of relentless about it. I, I wanted to make it happen. So I actually, uh, I flew up here for like a startup job fair and um, brought my resume. And I guess I'm better at talking about my resume than actually just sending it out and yeah. getting screened out. And I landed two interviews the very next day. Oh, wow. That's um, awesome. Yeah. And then I ended up getting a job out of that. Um, and uh, I won't go into the details, but essentially I moved here, worked at the startup. It was miserable. I got fired after two months and had this moment of like, oh, shit, what am I going to do with my life? And so as anyone does when they're lost uh, in New York City and trying to find ways to make money, you go on Craigslist. Oh, wow. Okay. This is definitely getting interesting. (laughs) No. So I was looking for like freelance design gigs um, all over the place, Craigslist being one of them. And um, as luck would have it, it seems not many talented designers look on Craigslist for design jobs. And there was a company there on there who posted something about designing uh, an iPad app. Um, I had never done an app before, but okay. I spent two weeks uh, during my severance kind of mocking up various um, uh, iPhone apps just to kind of have that in my portfolio before I reached out to them. And um, they ended up giving me the gig. And I was really fortunate because it wasn't like just some random, shady, sketchy people on Craigslist. It was actually... Um, they were p- fielding agencies, getting quotes that were like 50K um, to build an app, which totally reasonable. Yeah. Um, but then they get like this Craigslist person, you know, sending them a quote that's like a fraction of that. Still sure, like a sure. lot more money than I was making at any job I ever had. Um, and they end up hiring me. And so I ended up uh, creating this iPad app called DocWise with them. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, that's how I got that one. And uh, ended up doing that and then also creating an iPhone version. And, yeah, it, went, it turned out really, really well. Wait, is that the DocWise? I just Googled it. Yeah, so they actually recently changed names to Doc News. So I think DocWise um, was registered to somebody else. Um, so if you, if you Google Doc News, that's 
that's what it is. But this is a few years ago, so I haven't actually looked at what they look like now. Um, may have been updated or changed. Yeah, I don't see anything unless it's a news doc. Couldn't be. Whatever. You can send me the link later. All right. Um, that's crazy that you found that on Craigslist and, and the, that project went okay. Yeah, so that was like a three-month project. And after that, I kind of just strung together these like big freelance projects. Um, I ended up redesigning mindbodygreen.com. Yep. Um, and that one was really fantastic because when I met them, um, you know, they were getting about 2 million unique uh, visitors per month. Um, they gave me this amazing opportunity to redesign their site. Uh, it was formatted almost like a blog, and I, I redesigned it to make it more kind of editorial. Sure. And um, and then after that, I went and worked at Condé Nast for eight months. And then after that, I went back to My Body Green. They were like, we want you to come back because, um, you know, after you redesigned the site, like traffic went from $2 million a month to $15 million a month. Oh, wow. So yeah. Liang brings results. Yeah. So that was like another pro tip I have. Always put results of your designs on your resume. Yeah. Um, I learned something similar from a college professor in the PR. He was like, your resume should never discuss what you did. It should discuss the results um, of the things that you did. Yeah. Totally. So I ended up going back to Mind Body Green for a few months before uh, joining Soma full time. Okay. And I think Mind Body, when you were at Mind Body Green the second time is when you and I were talking a lot on yeah. Twitters and the internets and stuff. Um, and then you went to Soma. So what was that like going from – well, actually, let me back up. Uh, your transition from Mind Body Green to Soma, was that uh, uh, from one freelance project to freelance project or did you go freelance to full-time? So I've, I have a history with Soma. Um, full disclosure, the, the, Mike, the CEO, and I used to date. Mm-hmm. And so I actually met him right when he was starting Soma. Okay. Um, and so when I would kind of sometimes like freelance on really small projects where I'm like a flyer or an email here sure. and there, some graphics, um, just because we're like, it'd be weird to like work together. Um, and eventually it got to a point where like they just needed – so much design help and mm-hmm. some of the stuff that came out um, didn't always look great or whatever. And I like took it personal. I'm like, I could make this so much better. Like, don't put out ugly things. Um, let me help you. And uh, more and more I got involved and eventually it just made sense for me to join full time yeah. um, because I, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I, I'm probably a pretty decent designer and, um, but they weren't going to hire someone who cared about so much as much as I did on a personal level. And so it just made sense at the time for me to join. Makes sense. Um, yeah. and what was that like working there? And I say that because you had, and to recap very quickly, you had a job you came to New York for, which was, it was a full-time job, right? Yeah. And then that didn't work out. And then you did yep. a series of freelance things. Those worked out. And then you're going back in house. Granted yeah. you, like you said, you had a, you had a, uh, a relationship already built up with Mike. You already had some affinity for the product. Were you at all uh, concerned with going back to a full-time gig that maybe, I don't know, might get boring, might not have as much variety, et cetera? Yeah. So I think for me at the time, um, I transitioned from like wanting to touch a bunch of projects so I could build my portfolio yeah. into like, I really want to deep dive into a company and make a big difference for one company. And it was kind of like the right time and the right opportunity. And for me, it was like the most appealing opportunity um, because of the personal connection I had with Soma. Um, it's very hard for me to like really get into a company if like, uh, I- I'm just really picky. I'll just, I'll just put it there. Um, okay. And so Soma just made a lot of sense because I was already personally invested and um, I-, I wanted to kind of be a greater contribution to what they were doing. Gotcha. Soma has has definitely grown since you first introduced me to it. I think when you first introduced me, we were doing the second phase, the second version of their site. So you could call yeah. it a site refresh. And at the time, they only had the carafe, which right. I, I have a carafe here. Uh, I think I had two carafes at one point, and then I accidentally broke the glass. Oh, great. Yeah. I think I remember that because I was like, Liang, you said it wasn't shatterproof and it shattered all over my floor. And then you were like, well, what happened? I was like, well, it fell from a shelf. And you're like, well, we can't do anything about that. Uh, <laughs> it's it's shatter resistant, not shatterproof. Oh, okay. So I yes. read that incorrectly. But still, if you drop anything from high enough, shit's going to break. Yes. Um, um. But yeah, so I worked with you on that. And you've sort of 
I don't want to say it's your baby. I think you guys have a very uh, – correct me if I'm wrong, but it's not a huge team. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. 10 people or so. It's a very tight – Less. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's a very tight-knit group, and you guys – it's all of your babies. But how how's it grown? It's interesting because I've been there full-time for the last year and a half, and truth be told, it hasn't grown. I'm uh, still the only person doing design. Um, but we have a lot of great resources available in terms of, um, we work with agencies, um, sometimes to help us out with packaging, gotcha. um, or to help out with our social and photography assets. So I've gotten a lot more help that way, but in-house I'm still the only designer. Um, yeah, but you've watched the product grow. I mean, you went from one yeah. having, offering one product to two products, um, a major site redesign, which I think looks fantastic. I believe that the packaging has changed. Like you've helped evolve this company from, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, um, something that was originally backed via Kickstarter to like a full-fledging business. Totally. I can't take all the credit there, but uh, I I helped (laughs) here and there. Actually, when I open up the the little UPS package for the water filter, it's got some cute little blue stuff on the inside. And I'm, yep. I'm making it sound totally cheesy just because it's you um, and I know you, but you did all of that. So at every point, someone's like, someone interacts with Liang. Yes, pretty much. And hey. That's pretty fucking cool. I don't know. I personally don't know that many people who have that much of a, of a, of a weight in, in one particular product with the exception of, you know, maybe the, I don't know, the technical person who built the app by themselves, you know? Oh, thank you. I've actually never thought about it that way. <laughs> yeah, you you are you are what everyone touches at Soma. What? That was weird. Oh, <laughs> that was not appropriate or correct. Um, okay. So, all right. So, I want to I want to bring up something that you and I briefly talked about, but uh, you mentioned that you are now also helping a restaurant. Yes. So, um, I'm. I've realized after doing uh, my personal projects last summer with the dinner series and the field trips um, that what my passion is in is actually creating these experiences um, and events and uh, kind of making people feel a certain way. Like I've kind of gone off the other end of the spectrum around like quote unquote user experience design. And it's really just like experience design. Um, I'm really fascinated about how you can, you know, pull certain triggers, do certain things, introduce certain activities to make people feel a certain way and to get everyone to feel a certain way and have this connectedness that happens. Yep. So that's, that's been really fascinating to me that I've learned and the, the environment and, and the format that I want to do this in is I want it to be controlled and I've decided I want to do it in the form of a cafe. And so I actually, my dream is to, my goal, I wouldn't say dream because I'm putting things into action, mm-hmm. is to start my own cafe in the next one to two years. Oh, and wow. what I, what I want to do is create the ultimate cafe experience. Um, I want everything to be well considered and thought out. And I want to design every touch point from the moment you walk in through the door. What do you see? How does somebody interact with you? How do you put in your order? Um, to all the way until, you know, the experience of what it's like to receive your food or your drink. How does it make you feel when you eat or drink it all the way until like once you even leave and what's the effect that food has on you? So essentially until you poop. (laughs) Are you going to have a ball pit? I am not going to have a ball pit. That's not the, that's not, ah, you know what? Never say never. Yeah, man. Do you know how awesome it would be to be the only cafe in New York city to have a ball pit? Guaranteed you're going to people lining up outside. I don't know what kind of people, um, but maybe. Well, I'll, hmm. I'll definitely consider it. Yeah, so I'm act- I actually put in my notice um, to leave Soma at the end of 2015. And I kind of gave a three-month notice because um, I'm just I'm the only person designing. And it sure. wouldn't be right or fair mm-hmm. to kind of give a standard two-weeks notice just because I'm in all of these projects. We're in the yep. middle of redesigning packaging and um New things are happening. I can't say what, but new things are happening. And so there's just a lot going on. And so three months was kind of, you know, how long it typically might take to just really get into the recruiting process, making sure, sure I finish out my projects, and then leaving some time for me to um, hand off um, some things to the new creative director. Gotcha. Um, 
So then in that process, you you are also – well, now because, well, it's – now it's 2016 and you're yep. spending time at the restaurant. What are you doing at the restaurant? Yeah. So crazy story. Um, two weeks after I put in my notice, I, like in those two weeks, I'm freaking out. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm leaving this like dream job of mine. I've been doing design for the last like over 10 years. Like – and I want to go open a rest – like a, a cafe. Like what the fuck? Who yeah. am I? Yeah. Um, and I mean, obviously I don't have any experience. I don't know very many people in the restaurant industry, but it's just something I just have. I'm so clear that this is what I want to do. Um, and I think it would be so fun and so amazing to create something that's just phenomenal in the cafe space. Um, and funnily enough, funnily, is that a word? Funny, funny enough. It is now. Okay. Um, one of my friends who I knew because he did a coffee shop pop-up, um, texted me, um, like early January is like, Hey, I'm opening up like a new restaurant concept in the Chelsea market. I'm looking to hire a general manager. Do you know anyone? And he sends me the job description. Half of it's like running a restaurant, back office stuff, training, accounting. Mm -hmm. And the other half is like social media and marketing. I was like, Hmm, I don't know where you're going to find a general manager that can like do the back office stuff and social media marketing, but I can definitely do social media marketing, but not the other half, but I'm totally <laughs> willing to learn. Um, so they, act, I mean, luckily enough, my friend gave me the chance. He's like, that's like, we've always wanted to work with you. Uh, let's do it. And so the last couple of weeks I've been, I, I've been helping them open up, um, and like hiring people, training people, setting up accounting, doing taxes, like things I never thought I would do, but I'm doing them. And it's wow. great because I'm essentially getting to to learn what, what it would be like to open up a business. Yeah, that's actually, I would imagine you can change it from a restaurant to a shoe store or to a cafe or to whatever else. And those skills are still transferable. And they're not ones that you would learn in design unless like you opened up a design agency kind of thing, you know? Totally. That's nuts. The one thing I was going to say, um, which is sort of interesting, is do you know who Sarah Parmenter is? I do not. Okay. So she is a designer in England. I don't Mm -hmm. know where in England. Um, I could probably find out. But she also opened up – she did not open up a cafe, but she opened up – it's called Blush Bar. It's like a – I'm looking at their website now and I'll send it to you. Um, It looks like it's like a dry bar kind of thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, like they do hairstyles and and that kind of stuff. But another instance in which a designer uh, sort of stopped. Not I don't I don't know that she stopped, but she started doing something in a in a industry and realm totally foreign to her. So maybe just maybe she's written about it online and maybe can provide some tips and stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Um, well, damn. So we we ran through it. Yeah, it's been about an hour. There's a few questions that I always ask. And yeah. since you never listen to an episode like a super <laughs> good friend, uh, you don't know what these questions are. Mm-hmm. Um, question number one is, uh, you know, you, you've got 10 years of knowledge now. Um, if you would go back to a younger version of yourself at any point in time, what would you tell that person? Or what would you tell young Liang? Do whatever makes you happy. That's fair. That works. Yeah. All right. That's question one. Question two. Um, somebody emails you, sees you on the street, whatever, and you're like, oh, my God, you're Liang Shi. You're the awesome designer from X, Y, and Z. Um, <laughs> Happens all the time. I'm yeah, right? I wish. Um, and they're like, I'm a senior in college, and the, I'm going to graduate soon. What advice would you give me? So what advice would you give them? Um, they're a senior in college. Do whatever makes you happy. Okay. Accurate. I, you know, it's interesting because I think that, that, that sentiment, um, is much easier said than done until, until you come to the point where you've done a bunch of stuff that doesn't make you happy. And then you realize that's what you, it it actually is pretty easy to do too. Uh, you know, easy within, uh, perspective. All right. And then the last question is a super fun time question, Liang. Yes. Uh, the super fun time question is exactly what it sounds like. It's super fun and it's, it happens at one time. Fun, fun. Um, super fun, fun time question. So I have to a- ask you a question that isn't relevant to the podcast. And I don't know what that question is yet because I'm thinking about it right now. Uh, that's, that's, that's my thinking noises. Okay. Um.
jelly beans, red no. balloons, uh, <laughs> Sherlock Holmes. You have to. Five years from now, you have a home. Yep. I don't know where yep. that home is. Irrelevant. Okay. But you want to get a pet. But yeah, you have to get a pet from a zoo. Oh, not a petting zoo, but like a proper zoo. What animal do you get? <sighs> Man, that's probably one of my best questions to date. I mean, okay, are, are, like, am I assuming they're trained or like they're uh, just going to be like a wild animal? No, this is a zoo animal. Are zoo animals trained? We're not talking about SeaWorld. Oh my god, I n- already know a baby polar bear. It's going to get so big, though. Man, we got to be realistic about this. No, you don't have to. You're more than happy to get a polar bear. All of, all right. So then the second question is, what do you do when that polar bear gets large? I would bring it to a sanctuary. That's fair. All right, cool. You'd get a polar bear. Yeah, That'd be pretty but I miss it. Did you ever hear about? Uh, there's like, have you ever seen that video happen in like the '60s or '70s or '80s or whatever? These people basically had like a lion cub they raised uh-huh. it for a while in their home so it was fairly domesticated it yep. got it got too large they went to africa uh to a reservation and released it right yeah back to like what would be its its normal environment three years go by they go back they hire a uh, a tracker a lion yep. tracker to find this lion and they find it mm-hmm. and uh the lion is now the the, the leader of the pride and what ends up happening is that the lion, like, sees them on this hill. I'll send you the YouTube clip and I'll put it in, sh- in, in the show I've seen this. Yeah, yeah it, like, I, hugs him. Yeah, it's so awesome. So maybe the same thing could happen with you and your polar bear. Probably. <laughs> we could share, like, a Coca-Cola together. Oh, God. Advertising? Really? I'm I was an ad major. Fair. Uh, Liang, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at L-I-A-N dot G-S. That's my website if you want to, like, find the form to contact me. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at Liang. L-I-A-N-G. I'll have links to both of those in the show notes and stuff. So right. make it easy for people. Liang, thank you for joining me on the show. It was Thanks a very for having fun me. episode. Thanks. Fun, per, fun. Per usual. Um, per yeah. usual. Thank you. I appreciate it, Liang. Have a good day. Thanks. Bye.